So Lucy, how's the book going? It's actually moving along. Hell yeah. This is right place, right time, and right now we are still dealing with revisions. it's july well somehow it's almost august that is a horrible thing for you to say why did you even (laughs) say that i hate it it's because i'm very painfully aware (laughs) because i have so much happening in august (laughs) all right so um how have you done with your homework yes so my homework from last episode was to finish my quote, passion project, as you were calling it. And I'm happy to say that I did! Yay! (laughs) I am making poor Robin read it right now. Um, So there might be some minor tweaks and things based on, you know, your feedback. But it's basically done. I can kind of just set it aside. (laughs) And this project, some might remember, is fan fiction, which means I now get to actually start uploading it and getting actual reactions from actual, like, invested members of the fandom. Which is kind of terrifying. Um, So far, people have liked the first two chapters that have gone up, uh, which is very encouraging. So that's something. (laughs) Also, it is really good. And (laughs) and most pertinent to this podcast, your edits were really successful. Yeah, I really kind of went on a journey with this thing. Um, And editing it, I think, has taught me a lot that I will take to, you know, further projects. Hopefully the novel that I'm working on. (laughs) (laughs) This project was actually the first time I've taken a long project like that through that level of revisions. Like, I've done, you know, short stories. I've kind of refined short stories, but I've never refined something that long, and it is very long. (laughs) Uh, It's not as tied to something I'd send to an agent, but it's also... It doesn't really need to be. It has a different intended audience. It has sort of a different focus. Like, there are lots of things I could do to it, you know, plot and outline-wise if I were. I mean... I wouldn't send this to an agent, but a similar story. I know how I would change it if I were going to try and make it to be a book, but I'm aiming at an audience that kind of wants long and not quite repetitive, but like lots of revisiting of things. And so as long as the tension is there, I can edit it basically just differently than I would edit like a commercial young adult novel. It's true. Whatever. Also, I've discovered I actually really like revising. Um, (laughs) Not that it doesn't have its kind of like difficult and traumatizing moments, but I like digging in and tearing things apart and writing new scenes and even like deleting big chunks. There's kind of something cathartic about it. And I'm hoping (laughs) to take that like forward in other projects. Hell yeah. (laughs) In even better news, I'm about halfway through rereading my novel, the one I wrote last year, and it's going pretty well. I do have to fight this urge to just completely rewrite everything, like, right now, but I will basically be doing that eventually, and I just want to kind of finish reading reading it before I start doing anything major so that I know exactly what I'm changing and I can make better decisions, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that you are at this rereading stage, because despite the revisions it needs, it really is very strong and has so much going for it, and I hope you're getting really inspired. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think I am getting pretty inspired. It definitely has its stronger and weaker points, but the strong points um, are really encouraging to me, and the weaker points 
kind of just the fact that I can see them tells me that I can deal with them. So in a weird way, that is also kind of encouraging. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I am making a lot of notes, both mental and physical. And by physical, I kind of mean digital, but you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I already have an idea how I'm going to revise it. So it's kind of just a matter of getting to that point. Um, the big thing I'm realizing is that I'm probably going to new need to do a big outline before I start actually revising. Maybe more than one. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few different directions the story could go, so I may outline a few options and then see which one I like best, which I might bounce off you. <laughs> yeah. I do actually like outlining, um, though, so this should hopefully be fun. Um, first, I have to finish reading it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And so how about you, Robin? How are you doing? <laughs> well, the homework you gave me was to continue to tackle the middle of my book. And also to work on picture book stuff, since, I mean, I have to. Okay. <laughs> um, picture book stuff is in a great place. I did Yay. another revision of the still announced book I sold, I swear, <laughs> but can't <laughs> actually talk about other than in these sort of very abstract <laughs> senses. Um, <laughs> editor said we got it this time. So that's very exciting. Good for my morale. Um, I'm waiting on some notes, but I should be able to really start drawing that book soon. Yay. I did actually learn a few things about my own process here. Um, for picture books, I really have to start laying them out in InDesign so I can see how the page turns work and just like really read through it with the pacing from page to page in general in order to edit the text and even figure out exactly what the images should be. So I always write a manuscript first and then sketch out images for that manuscript. Sometimes I leave myself like really direct art notes. Sometimes I just overwrite <laughs> and delete as I go. <laughs> and sometimes I have such a strong vision that I don't bother with notes, which by the way, is not very reliable. <laughs> but that's where we are sometimes. <laughs> but having those sketched out pages doesn't exactly lead me to a perfect book dummy ready to send out on submission. Because it's just an early stage of trying to envision what the art could look like and how to tell the story visually, it really helps me to see it in something more like book form, rather than individual canvases, digital canvases in my case. Mm. I know other author illustrators who pin up printed out physically sketched, either way, um, sketches, like spreads, like on their walls, like all of the pages, they'll pin them up, or they lay them out on the floor to see how things are working. Um, but InDesign is good enough for me at this stage, since I've laid out so many comics and books before, and I have a pretty good sense of like, if it's working or not from here. And aw, Lucy taught me how to use InDesign like 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that part of my book publishing degree is being used by someone because I definitely haven't touched InDesign in years because I'm not a designer. <laughs> well, it is absolutely an integral part of my uh of my process <laughs> now, and it was important for me to remember that that was that that was like so integral. I was really stuck on on just like moving forward with this picture book until I just sat down and tried to lay it out and add the text on each page. And it was so clear to me at that point where, like, where things were just breaking down and where the beats just were not happening. That's yeah. Good. Once I was placing sketches and text, like, I could see where things were weak and where I could combine text or, or like, combine pages into, you know, I don't know, like, reduce them down to one or add things to make a beat stronger. And I don't know. It was really great to be able to just dive in this deeply at all to anything because I've been so preoccupied with the promo stuff for Enchanted Forest. And it's like, sure. <laughs> it hasn't been that long, but it also feels like a million years. So who mm -hmm. knows? <laughs> the middle of the novel is much stickier. 
I am not 100% in a good place with it, to be honest. I think I'm still stuck kind of mourning the loss of the finished version I thought I had. Um, Because I just can't edit it down another 20k words. Like, there just aren't 20,000 words that can be removed from this version without making it structurally unsound. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to have to restructure the whole middle, as I said last time, right? Like, I love the beginning. And by beginning, I mean about the first, like, 15,000 words. And I really like the last um, maybe maybe 25,000 words or so. Like, there's a lot of this book that I'm still like, no, this is good. Like, I like how it starts. I like where it ends up. I need to get those things bridged just more efficiently. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I did send the first 10K to my agency in hopes I can get some feedback to help me move forward. um, Because there's still some anxiety for me about whether whether this should be a graphic novel instead, whether whether the parts that they're going to connect with are the parts that I was going to structure the middle of the book around or not, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I just like I need to loop <laughs> I need to loop um my agent in a little bit before I do everything I could be doing for the middle of this book. But you know, like I can need a little guidance, right? Um yeah. that being said, I still like also would like to be working on it because <laughs> I love this project and I want to feel the good feelings I would get if I were working on it instead of this crappy, anxious feeling of being afraid to work on it. Um, I mean, like, I am so close to this project that even letting it sit after a few months, like, I, I thought that that was enough and it would be easy for me to get in and, re- and revise it. And at first it was. Like, that revision process started out great and then just somewhere, somewhere towards the end, I just got really, I it got into my head and I'm having a hard time trusting myself, which is bad news for a writer. And because of that, I've been thinking a lot about how I can trust myself again. And I think that means getting back down to basics. So that kind of brings me to a topic I wanted to bring up because it's like a nice, it's one of those things that isn't basic to talk about. It's like really, it's kind of advanced stuff, but it is like the basic units of what a book project really is. Um, And at the conference we went to last month, I heard Feather Flores from um, she's an editor at Chronicle. Um, I heard her talk a lot about Kitlet, writing it and revising it. And it really got me thinking about these two terms that she used a lot that I think are really evocative. And I thought maybe we could talk about what they mean and see if that helps me wrap my brain around what I have to do next. And because <laughs> I know it'll probably help you a little bit too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, and these terms are heart and bones. Like the heart of your project and the bones of your project. Heart meaning the themes, bones meaning the structure. And I realized I'd always thought of books this way, like a living creature. The bones are what you hang all the substance, the plot, characters, world building, language on, and what makes it able to stand up under the weight of all of that information. The heart is what pumps the actual lifeblood of the story throughout the corpus. I know that I will lose sight of one for focusing too much on the other, often trading one for the other multiple times back and forth (laughs) in revisions or iterations. I'll get really excited about making sure to create a firm structure, mapping out where the beats should be, how many times the characters should attempt and fail, and get so caught up in that rhythm that the things they do just wander away from what the theme originally was. Um, But of course, if I'm so focused on what I want the story to say and how it should feel, 
then I might just write for days without moving the plot ahead because I could just go on forever about the concept of like being left behind and fully explore that and like in almost meditative essays and tone poems <laughs> and nothing happens and the forward momentum and tension are lost. <laughs> for this novel, I know that I've gone back and forth. Um, right now, I am re-outlining the middle so that the structure will be a little more simple to try to get out of the way of the heart and frankly, the characters and world building. But I also have to keep reminding myself of those themes that really matter to me so I can make sure they're as strong as possible and work them into the plot points even more deliberately than before, which is a fun and good thing if I'm like in an emotionally okay place to consider these themes as opposed to just flailing and being a little overworked and a little tired <laughs> and out of touch with the themes of the book or really anything. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of going through and writing about the themes that are important for each character and the setting and the specific, like, message is too wrong for a word, but if I keep saying theme or heart, <laughs> it'll get too messy to follow, but that, right? Mm -hmm. And also I'm trying to kind of make an outline that keeps the arc of the plot as interesting as possible without getting too convoluted. Mm. Um, because basically I need to remove a massive driving part of the plot part of like the structure of it really like there was a structural element that is definitely why i can't cut twenty thousand words out of it like i had the characters like i had the characters do a thing that ended up being kind of redundant where like in the first like right after you know our characters meet and they're going through this crazy experience together and something happens that makes one of them like kind of ghost to the other one and then they have to get brought back together but the thing is that like that beat happens towards the end of the story too, where they're torn apart and they have to bring themselves back together. But there's so many things that actually need to happen between those two, like <laughs> getting torn apart and coming back together. There just isn't room in a YA novel for me to do all that and also establish this like actual, like all the ghost rules and like fantasy stuff going on in the story and also the characters like families and like who they are as people and how they fit into the bigger world like i just couldn't i couldn't do all that without it just being massively too long and i think it might be stronger like i think that the plot will be just as strong if i keep some of this tension from the beginning up rather than having this moment where the tension boils over and then they and then they like reestablish it again i was just like wow i think that that's my answer and it sucks because it's literally rewriting a humongous chunk of the book <laughs> yeah that is both a lot of work but i do kind of agree that i think what you have planned sounds like it can make the story stronger which is always the goal you yes. know with revising it's not just cutting words it's actually like improving on story yes um although it can be frustrating when you're trying to like hit a a word count that gets less necessary once you become more established as an author but is fairly important in your like debut book so i understand <laughs> and this whole thing we've been talking about or i guess that you've been talking about is really interesting like the the kind of heart and bone stuff i historically really struggle with plot i think i've gotten better at it but i tend to build the i guess the heart in that metaphor first i know my characters and the things that make them sad and motivated and kind of the emotional impact and themes and messages that I want from the story, but I tend to kind of struggle when it comes to giving them something to, like, do. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this is the difference between, you know, a character-driven and a plot-driven story. I definitely write character-driven stuff for the most part. 
Uh, but with those kinds of stories, the characters kind of are the plot. Like, their arcs become the focus instead of, like, fighting a monster or something. <laughs> yeah, the bones, the structure is really important with more emotionally driven character-focused stories, because that's often how you make it a coherent story. That's where you find the plot instead of just some passages about feelings, right? Like, hmm. figuring out where info should be introduced, when a, when a character should have high and low points, how long to hold tension before you resolve or try to resolve it, that that's, comes along with the structure. And sometimes adding a top-down, externally imposed structural element can really help with stuff that's character-driven. Say you give the story a time limit, it all happens in a week. Then you have to figure out what happens each day and having a framework, you know, like a skeleton, hence bones, to fit all your ideas into can make sure there's tension and momentum driving forward. Yeah, I like that. I might actually think more about time. Like, I, I think my book is one of those, it takes place during an entire year of school, but um, I could play more around with that and actually, like, build that in more than it does. Uh, right now, it might take take place during a term or something i'm not even sure yeah so. or before like a big club exhibition day or a big school dance or um winter vacation where everybody's mm -hmm. going to be gone for a couple weeks and not seeing each other yeah yeah i might be able to build that in more because i mean the structure of a year is so important to a teenager like yes school is so important and especially like this where most of the story happens at school i mean granted at, like club not at like English class, but still, like, it's very school-centric, so I kind of should probably, like, use that to help build the tension in. Yeah. But, of course, I've also had problems in the past about giving characters just enough, like, stress and trauma, I guess? <laughs> like, I used to really dial back the tension because I kind of subconsciously, I guess, wanted my characters to just be happy and okay. Um... Now I'm a little more ruthless, I think. <laughs> you know, despite being pretty plot-driven, I, I think you might describe me as more plot-driven than you, although, what you know. But um, I actually also have historically had that problem. Um, the idea that you need to make things go wrong and not work perfectly, rather than just have interesting people do successful problem-solving, is something I've had to teach myself to enjoy reading, let alone writing. Because I'm <laughs> such an anxious, goal-oriented little problem-solver in my real life. <laughs> just want everything to be okay, and I know things aren't okay, so I just want to show people solving problems and making things okay, and um, figuring out how to get through that, like how to make sure that that tension is actually there, that the the problems are big enough to be interesting. Like that's the raising the stakes stuff that people talk about a lot, and that's another place where structure can help. Where if you have maybe an external structural element. Um, you can, like, that's another way to just, like, it, it becomes an almost artificial thing, but in, in real life, it's also, like, those external structural elements are the things you struggle against, like deadlines, right? It's things like that that can, like, give your character something to struggle against that's not just internal. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of think about how even really, like, souped-up characters or really intelligent characters still need setbacks, like, yes. even Sherlock Holmes, like, he might know what happens in the first, you know, five seconds of him entering the room, but he can't share it immediately. Like, it has to go through stages, even if those stages are just him withholding information because he's an asshole and he wants Watson to flail. Like, there still have to be those setbacks or those changes, you know, a new person enters the room with new information or something. Like, you still kind of have to have that tension partially built on failure. Um, <laughs> 
And that can be hard to do to your beloved characters. <laughs> yeah. But even if you're great at tension and plot, middles, Robin, are hard. You have to take all the tiny little nuggets sprinkled in the beginning and do the work of carrying them through so that you can, you know, have them pay off. But those payoffs don't actually come until the ends. <laughs> so middles are just kind of like limbo. <laughs> and I think this is why middles can either be like very short or very long, especially in rough drafts. You can kind of have trouble, you know, getting a middle going, but once they're off, it can be hard to know when to kind of rail them in. Yes. And of course, you're on the next stage of that where you have the middle and now you have to tame it, I mm -hmm. guess. <laughs> I know that in many ways, this part of the process sucks and is very difficult and demoralizing, but I know you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're already well on your way to a better middle, just kind of the things we've talked about here and, and you know, some other stuff we've chatted about, but um, I know you can do it. <laughs> And you may not be able to trust yourself in this problem, but I trust you. Believe in the me that believes in you, Robin. <laughs> Thank you for the anime reference. It actually kind of helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I love middles because that's where you get the story. And I love my story. And I need to remember why I love it and focus on bringing all of that, the heart, into this newly restructured, newly reboned middle as much as possible. <laughs> okay, so... Robin, your homework this time is to keep working on that metal section, but also maybe to take a few days off. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need a vacation, and things may actually look a little clearer on the other side. Okay. I, I have two small vacation things planned. Okay, so good. <laughs> I, with, with, with work in between. So I think, I think I can do this a little bit. My homework for you is, as you kind of alluded to earlier, consider some of the different plot and structure type paths your new revision could take and write out outlines from that so that you have time to consider what feels best for the heart of your story that you really want to tell. No biggie. <laughs> Just do several <laughs> outlines. <laughs> and probably also finish reading it. Um. Yeah, I mean, you have to do that too, but this I is my assignment for you. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think I can handle that. And I'm kind of excited to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's good news. Okay, well, I think it's time for both of us to get back to revising. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Thank you for joining us in the right place, which is wherever you happen to be. At the right time, which is whatever time you've got. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter at RightPlacePod, or on our individual Twitter accounts, Lucy and Bookland, and um, Robin Robinsonia on Twitter. Yeah. Happy writing! <laughs> Thank you.